0: Yet another Australian caravaner has applied for a seat on the board of Mensa. Unsuccessfully knocked me down with a feather. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously. Or you can just click the card that I put in an acoustically transparent aluminium chitois and towed way up... Uh, somewhere up there earlier, dude. Of all the many and varied flavours of Australian road user, caravanna is my favourite by far. Caravanners are the double Belgian chocolate supreme of... Road-going cockroaches, aren't they just? I'm about to pick up my brand spanking new New Age XU. Obviously, aerodynamics take a back seat. About the low air pressure generated at the back of the van at 100 k's an hour. This no doubt creates drag, and my question to you is, would redirecting some air from over the roof and down the tail Gate reduce the drag, or add a parachute effect as well. Laurie, Laurie, Laurie. This will not help, dude. Like, the best way to handle this is don't tow a caravan. And hey, you're welcome. You know, I initially thought this whole email was a piss take and now I'm not so sure. The bran and the spanking just reek of, authentic caravan speak like pigeon vanish, boxy linger, Chituavian, whatever. I think this message might be real. Please see attached drawing of a basic spoiler I have sketched up that would possibly help or hinder. If I can help not melt the sea ice with this device, it'll knock one up. A 32mm medium dive should suffice. This quaint amalgamation of Cognitive farts arrived by email yesterday. I was quite confronted initially. See, the unladen weight of this new age XU box with integrated chitois quaintly abutting the dining area is 2,973 kilos, according to them. That's before you put all your shit in it, right? Sleeps up to six, which seems beyond ideal for... Anyone seeking that authentic outback concentration camp experience. I know I want that. So it's a three and a half tonne rolling chunk of arterial plaque designed predominantly to gum up the flow on our highways, I'd suggest, costing, quote, from $81,490, according to the fine folk at New Age. I assume that's for the base model, Chitois, in the range, probably, I don't know, 100 grand by the time it's rolling with all of the features on board, which you want. So to tow something quite that preposterously hefty, you would really need a Land Cruiser because it's frankly too heavy for a ute, even though some utes claim to be able to tow three and a half tons. It's just flat out impractical. And even with a cruiser, it's a stretch, right? And a cruiser is going to cost you another hundred grand plus. So you're looking at, let's call it 200 grand right there, just to join this particular boy band and head up to Dingo Piss Creek. (laughs) 200 grand, or, as I prefer to think of it, 400 nights at a 500 buck a night resort, dripping with babes in bikinis and Endless icy cold beers. And to be fair, these places might not be quite as nostalgic as a caravan, but you can poop in them in general without being within arm's length of the dining table and the kitchen. Just saying. So if you have 200 grand to spend on a boxy pooping wagon of this nature, Do you really care about aerodynamic drag? Like, really? I mean, the only reason to care is fuel consumption. And if you've got 200 large disposable, dude, fuel is cheap. And if you care about aerodynamic drag in principle, like in isolation as a concept, why buy an absurdly huge box with inbuilt super-duper-pooper It's three and a half metres high and two and a half wide with the express intention of dragging it plus you and your effluent through the air at 100 k's an hour. It seems counterproductive, at least to me. It is, of course, absurd to tow three and a half tonnes at 100 k's an hour, right? Absurd, as in absurdly dangerous, dude. 80 would make far more sense to me in the domain of not risking your own life and the lives of those around you on the road. And as a side benefit, aerodynamic drag would drop by roughly one third. But, of course, you wouldn't get the experience, the thrill, the joy of designing your own rear caravan spoiler. Yes. So there's that. And frankly, here's the real problem, at least as I see it. The information age has allowed anyone, no matter how poorly qualified or ill-suited, to jump straight into a CAD environment and design up their own anything, no matter how deep their own personal abyss of, let's call it, knowledge, and no matter how bereft of rational thought process they might otherwise be. This, I imagine, is quite liberating. No need to know anything, dude. Just get started. Design something. What could possibly go wrong? This, of course, liberates you from the need to, I don't know, put your hand out the window, perhaps, and observe and speculate that the real culprit here, vis-a-vis aerodynamic drag, might be the high pressure at the front of whatever you are attempting to push through that ambient air. Treating the back of anything from the roof is unlikely to address this root cause of the drag problem, I'd suggest. If you were constrained by rational thought and the need for observation and testing, of course, you'd be obliged to look at something like, um, I don't know, um... Long haul trucks, hugely competitive business, right? Any edge commercially, no matter how small, seemingly in isolation, means a big fat wad of cash on the bottom line, doesn't it? Because of the competition and the fact that so much stuff gets moved in this way, right? If you were constrained by the facts, you might be forced to wonder why all the aerodynamic treatment in trucks goes up the front and perhaps also ask yourself, why the blunt edge of the trailer at the rear is traditionally left bare and square so routinely. Perhaps it's because every aerodynamicist who has approached this issue has failed to give the, quote, 32mm medium dive home sketch-up aerofoil the consideration it duly deserves. But I really don't think so. And to our hero, I would ask simply, Why fit this genius innovation only on the top, dude? Why not make it three times as effective and fit it to the sides as well, and perhaps four times as effective by fitting one underneath? In fact, why stop there? Why not go big? Get a big industrial extraction fan, the bigger the better, and cantilever it out front about two metres in front of the cruiser bore a hole through the center of the cruiser and back into the van. Run a shaft right up the guts of the whole thing and put a bevel gear on the floor of the van between the beds and then mount a second fan on a vertical shaft above the roof of the van driven by that shaft. Using the energy from the front fan, right, only blowing straight down at the back, just behind the van, thus eliminating the low pressure area entirely just by pumping it back up and therefore killing all aerodynamic drag. (laughs) And if you get this right, admittedly after some significant trial and error, it could pump up the pressure back there sufficiently high so that you could not only eliminate drag but also drive the whole combination forward for extended periods with the engine on the cruiser completely shut down. Imagine that. Just a suggestion and nobody's done it before but that doesn't mean it's not possible dude. Now look, back on earth... Assuming that flow separation really was an issue and a benefit might potentially be derived by implementing some countermeasure on all of this, you'd have to do actual wind tunnel testing or simulate that on the road, or you could do it entirely with CFD, but that would involve building a completely accurate digital model. Anyway, the purpose for doing this would be to determine where the flow was separating at particular travel speeds Probably right at the leading edge of the roof, I'd suggest. And then you'd need to put in vortex generators on those locations to suck the flow back onto the van, right? Vortex generators. Okay, stick with me here. This is a real thing. Boeing and Airbus do that on the wings of commercial jets. If you've ever sat in one of those overwing exit seats, you've seen them. They're hidden in plain sight. Lexus has them on the LX570 at the rear. They're also routinely on the inner edges of side wing mirrors on cars and at the front of various aerodynamic things on cars. And of course, it goes without saying, but I will say it, that Boeing or whomever does not just fit them after, you know, mentally masturbating over this issue. Actual aerodynamicists get consulted. The full R&D symphony. Right? Go figure. So here's how I'd approach this if I was Laurie, quite simply. Firstly, presuming that going back in time and consulting my younger self about this folly were not an option, first up, I'd go and see my GP, get a referral to a decent psychiatrist who might hope to cure me of these caravan fuel consumption and closet aerodynamics fetishes. Nobody should be forced to suffer in this way. Like, it's the 21st century. Secondly, upon receipt of said New Age, see it from space, touring and internal pooping box, I'd simply set it on fire. Like, somewhere safe and compliant with all pertinent RFS regulations, obviously. Like, be responsible about it. Clearly, this is the best aerodynamic treatment that I can imagine. Almost certain to reduce the future aerodynamic drag attributable to the van by almost 100%. And other road users will thank you endlessly. A definite net result to society as I see it. If you must do this, Laurie, drive at 80 instead of 100, dude. You might get there alive and drag will drop by more than one third because, you know, physics. Physics. Finally, instead of jumping straight into SketchUp, why not attempt to learn something about aerodynamics first? Do some investigation, look around, start with trucks. Because if you start, quote unquote, designing without first putting in even vestigial work, gathering information, learning the rules, making friends with Bernoulli in this case, you're really just fondling the vegetables, mate, using CAD in public. And that doesn't seem very dignified to me, not at all. Still, don't get me wrong on this. Laurie has achieved something truly remarkable with this design. To wit, he's made that effluent transporting box look even worse. And I did not know that was possible. Hashtag respect. Don't get me wrong, okay? Throughout this report, I'm not suggesting that new age caravans are particularly hideous. To me, they're quite typical, insofar as I can tell. To me, all caravans, irrespective of brand, are aesthetic travesties and philosophical abominations. When the design brief is tantamount to saying, hey, let's put the crapper right in the kitchen, you lose me. I'm funny like that, but clearly not everyone feels this way. I'm not an aerodynamicist, but I did study Newton, Pascal, Bernoulli, flow, boundary layers, wake vortices, laminar versus turbulent, viscosity. It's pretty complex stuff, frankly. And as a result, perhaps I just know enough to know what I don't know, as opposed to presuming that I've just got what it takes, you know, sketch up and a certain gleam in the eye. That's all I need to get this done. Anyway... I just would not be bold enough to presume that I could simply fix the aerodynamics of that big pooping, sleeping and eating box by doodling Goldilocks's spoiler into existence. Imagine if NASA had run Apollo that way, crowdsourced the whole moon shot. We might not have got there, but I know it would have been far more entertaining.